welcome back to the Grindhouse Girls podcast. I'm one of your hosts, Katie. My co-host is Brittany, and this is a podcast about many strange and spooky movies. We cover a lot of independent movies and a lot of horror movies, and we do want to caution before starting the podcast that listener discretion is advised, and a lot of subject matter we cover is not appropriate for children and can be quite sensitive. So if that sounds like something that's up your alley, keep on listening. If not, thanks for stopping by and on to the podcast. Hey there, this is Katie. And hi there, this is Brittany. And this is the Grindhouse Girls Podcast. Woo, Grindhouse Girls Podcast. Yay, episode 5-1. What? (laughs) And if we sound weird, we're actually both recording at my house and the audio is being a little weird. Yeah. So we're kind of on the same channel, um, but not. So we might just sound a little funky. We might sound a little far away. So apologies, but Brittany's internet went out. Yep. And uh, they were like, it's going to be another three hours. And we're like, uh, well, when we originally started, we were planning to record at either mine or Katie's house. So I guess yeah. this will be a test run um, once COVID is owner, uh, over. Um, seeing what this would really be like. So, consider this is a test run for episode 51. Yeah. <laughs> um, how are you, Brittany? I'm tired, Katie. How, how, you know, this is a busy time of year for a lot of different companies and a lot of people working, especially as people are getting ready for summer. Um, I'm sure that's the same across the board. Um, how about you? How are things going on your end? I'm pretty tired, but mostly because, well, um... Gizmo, my beautiful, beautiful puppy son, uh, um, he has <laughs> been naughty all day today. Um, he, I, I made sure I came home early. I fed him. I walked him. I made sure he drank his water. Um, gave him a lot of attention. And then, like, literally about 30 minutes before Brittany called me about needing to record stuff, he just, like, went off like a crazy animal And he's been naughty, and he's peed twice in the only carpeted room in my house today. When Brittany saw him, literally asked to go outside and use the bathroom, and then used the bathroom successfully. Yes. So, he's, I don't know what it is today, but he is is being a naughty, naughty child. So, I'm more, like, exhausted because I want to be a good dog mom, and I feel a lot of pressure to be a good dog mom, but... He tests me, but it's okay. He's so sweet. He's not, I don't know. I don't know what it is today. I reassured her she is a good dog mom. I said, you know, he's a puppy. He's like five months old, which is kind of, I imagine, the equivalent of having a toddler in the house. So he's just being a toddler, and he's a little boy. I'm sorry, guys. We know boys are harder than girls at that age, so he's just being a little boy. Yeah, he wouldn't stop pumping Brittany's arm, but that just means he likes people. Yeah, I'm okay. It doesn't bother me. If that's the worst thing he does to me in life is hump my arm, I'm I'm fine with that. He he did the same thing with me the first time he met me, and then our, our friend Peter, he did the same thing to him. It's most of the one-on-one interactions, I guess. Mm-hmm. Yeah. But it means he likes you. So, he's getting neutered later this month, hopefully, because um, he just turned six months today Aww. as of recording. So, happy birthday, Gizmo. Happy half birthday, Gizmo. Yes. I love him to death. I just, I'm like, I don't know. I thought we had this friend. Um, but otherwise, pretty okay. So, before we get into movie and Oscar talk, um, do you have any housekeeping, Brittany? No, ma'am. What about you? I do. Um, there was one specific thing that I could not remember the actor who played 
the dad on Parasite and also the host from Bong Joon-ho. It's Kang Ho's song. Oh, yeah. He's an amazing actor and I could not for the life of me remember his name even though I just Googled it earlier that day. So it's Kang Ho's song. Also, Memories of Murder is now on Hulu, and I have watched it. <gasps> is it good? It's good. I think we should definitely put it on the list. It's, okay. It's it's a little slower moving, but I want to I analyze it more because I was kind of watching it while I was doing something else. I kind of want to, like, rewatch it and just give it all my attention. Yeah. Um, but I thought it was really good. Um, I've been trying to find it. We were just talking about it last week, and I've been trying to find it, and I knew Criterion was coming on with the Blu-ray collection, and I think they've pretty much added all of his movies, almost all of them, onto Hulu. Oh, wow. Because Hulu's had Parasite for a while. Yeah. So, if you've been wanting to watch more Bong Joon-ho stuff, then check out Hulu, because they have, like, almost all of his movies, which I think is really cool, because he's such a good director, and... I mean, except Okja. I think Okja is still on Netflix. Cause I'm pretty sure that was a Netflix yeah, exclusive. Yeah, I think it was a Netflix exclusive. Yeah. So, which it's cute. It's not. I was say it's cute, but there's some like really awful like commentary on like brutal animal mistreatment. Like it's not a real animal. It's it's computer generated, so nobody was harmed. But it's like you know a lot of it of it is like talking about mm-hmm. you know mistreatment of animals, especially like in Western culture. And I guess, well, I guess in all cultures, really, because it's a movie that goes from Korea to America and all kinds of things. But it's kind of cute, too, so I don't know. But it's got a really good cast. It's got some, like, Steven Yeun's in it, and uh, I think Tilda Swinton is in it. She plays, like, a couple characters. Shall we speak about the Oscars, <laughs> we I guess? Should. Let's oh, talk yeah. talk about the Oscars. Uh, so, Brittany, like she said, had a, had a small vaccine... Only people. We're yes. on, I mean, not really. We didn't exclude anybody. But it's not like you weren't vaccinated. Fuck off. It yeah. wasn't like that. It just so happened to be everyone at the party was vaccinated. And we were like, oh my god, it's so nice to like be normal, and you don't have to wear masks outside if you're vaccinated. It's great. Um, and so we had like a little Oscar get together. Um, I brought Gizmo, which that was fun because he played with Britney's puppies, and they love each other, and they yeah. had fun. It was great. Although he's not sure about the cats, he just kept barking at them because. Tyrion kept just alighting over the cat gate. And then he, like, flies when he, like, he's, like, so, like, he's like an angel flying when he... I've never seen a cat jump that gracefully. Yeah. Like, he literally, like, floats over. (laughs) I was like, that's impressive. I didn't know if it was the wine or if that's just how he jumps. (laughs) It is. (laughs) It's a little bit. Um, But uh, we were watching the Oscars, and, um, yeah, I mean... Some of it was good, and some of it was very bad. Yeah, um, so they had this really great, like, power move moment of Regina King kind of walking into the Oscars, and the camera followed her, and I've realized part of it was probably because she got snubbed for being nominated for director, um, because she did One Night in Miami, she directed it. Oh, I didn't even see, I didn't even realize she directed it, because no one's anything about it. Yeah, she directed One Night in Miami, and she was one of three, along with Emerald Fennell and Chloe uh, from Nomadland, who um, was nominated at SAG Awards. So I was like, okay, it's this badass power move. But then it starts off with, because she won Best Supporting Actress for Best yeah. Could Talk, and she was uh, presenting Best Supporting Actor. So I was like, oh, okay, we're doing this at the very beginning of the show. What yeah. the fuck? Um, 
I so, yeah, it was weird. It was weird. I kind of liked the format better this year. Okay. Because it was, like, it was just the people nominated, which I, I'm sure in Hollywood, like, it's, like, you know, you just, just to be invited to the Oscars is cool. Because there's oh, a bunch God, of, like, yes. television actors that go to the Oscars. Like, Mindy Kaling was, like, going through all of her, she's been to, like, the Oscars, like, six or seven times. Yeah. Um, but she's never been, like, a movie star, but she's a really good television star. I love Mindy Kaling. Well, it wasn't even, like, the whole cast, because in the past it'd be whole cast. So, like, for example, Alison Brie, who was in Promising Young Women, she was supporting from home. Oh, yeah, she yeah. wasn't even there. Yeah. Yeah, so I liked, but I did like the setup of, like, I don't know, I liked the intimate setup. Yeah. I do wish they could have had, like, the entire casts. Yeah. But it was nice, I thought. Like, because I thought I was, it was going to be really boring. I actually thought it kept them going to the point, And there was far less grandstanding and less of those really cringy, like, musical numbers they do. Mm-hmm. Which always just... Ugh, just, like, they're never... All those little skits they do are just always, like, vapid and, like, stupid. Yeah. And I, I don't know if it's because 2020 kicked everyone in the pants. Or if they're just like, well, let's just get to the point. I also like that they did the music beforehand yeah that was cool during the pre-show yeah and there was like because i mean i like looking at pretty dresses but i like going like really quickly through them but it was nice because they would like have a little bit of fashion and interviews beforehand and then they would perform a song and it was like oh this is nice and then you got to hear all the songs and like because i feel like they stop and start a lot in oscars like they're always like like i hate when they like they're just like let me show a whole trailer for one of the best picture nominations and you're just like okay and then there's a skit. And then there's a song. And Fair you're like, enough. okay. So one of the pros I liked this year was that, of course, like, because of what Katie's talking about, the, the nominees weren't, like, played off during their speeches, which is one of my biggest fucking mm-hmm. pet peeves. It's like, when you win an Oscar, yes. you've been waiting for it your whole life, and then you get played off. I'm like, shut like, the last fuck year, up. the end of Parasite? Yeah. When they won, I mean, they did win, like, a ton of awards, and yeah. it was Bong Joon-ho mostly up there, so he wasn't going to say anything. But one of their producers, this sweet little old lady, wanted to say something and started taking the microphone away from her because it was the end of the night. And yeah. I was like, what the fuck? But this year, that did not happen. Yeah. Instead, we got the most awkward ending. It Can was. we talk about it? I do want to mention one more thing. The another, another con okay. I fought, real quick, another yeah, con I, I fought was that we had friends. So me and Katie had seen um, pretty much every movie nominated this year, every major I movie. I missed The Father. That's the only one I hadn't seen beforehand. And I saw The Father, but of course Katie got to see uh, Pieces of a Woman, mm-hmm. and she also, you got to see... Um, oh, Ma Rainey's Black, Black Bottom. Bottom. So good. It should have been nominated for Best Picture. It was so much better than Trial of Chicago 7. Sorry, it wasn't a bad movie, but I watched Trial of Chicago 7. It was kind of blue. And see, I like Trial of the Chicago 7, but I thought Mank was the... Mank oh, was, no, Mank's yeah. the worst. Mank, Mank's the worst. Mank was the weakest link in this year's nominees. Um, oh, my God. But we we, we did have um, a really good friend, uh, two really good friends, um, a husband and wife that came, and they weren't familiar with any of the movies, and they're like, it'd be nice if we like saw a clip or like pictures. Yeah. Which is something that, if you're not familiar with all the nominees, it'd be nice to kind of go, okay, this is what this movie's about. Yeah, I don't yeah. think they showed any of like the acting clips did they no i don't think they did they didn't show and you know usually because we see the thing that you love on tiktok to show me when they're like they're like and this movie yeah set in the 1930s yeah. there's like, this know. great girl on tiktok that does that yeah if and, i can find her i'll tell you guys what it is and they don't they didn't do that this year either so they didn't do like the little um the little synopsis things yeah, they usually the, do um yeah which i mean but then you usually have to watch the whole like 
trailer, which it just kind of slows things down. I get because I just want to know who wins. Like I don't. I'm very cynical about the Oscars. Yeah, fair enough. I'm. I'm. Last year, I didn't watch them, but once I fa- I rewatched. Um, uh, your movie sucks. Does a live stream of it every year. Like he doesn't show the Oscars for copyright reasons, but he'll you know live stream it his commentary with his friends while he does it, which is something like I think we should do one year. Yeah, which would be fun. But um, so I usually watch his stuff, and like I watched all of the Parasite Awards, and I was so excited about that stuff um, that I was like, oh, maybe it's different this year. Maybe. What should win will win this year. And then I was just, my hopes were kind of dashed. Yeah. But I'm just, I, I'm rather cynical about the Oscars. I mean, what we all have to remember is this this is one group of people. Yeah. It is not the best picture in the world. It is the best picture for the Academy of uh, Motion Picture Arts and Sciences. Now, what That's I will say about this past year, um, due to the um, Oscar So White controversies, um, my understanding is there's been a lot more women elected into the Academy recently and a lot more people of color. But did um, that help this year? Because I feel like it didn't help because... I will say, I will say the nominations were more diverse. Than I've yeah, seen the nominations, past. but it almost seemed like they were just nominating so people would shut up. But a lot of the winners this year were people of color, too. Were they? Because I felt like, well, okay, best picture, Chloe Zhao, different. Yeah. But Francis McDormand and Anthony Hopkins are, like, literally the whitest people of all the white people in all of America. But best supporting actor and actress. Yeah. So. But I just, okay. And this is, I haven't seen The Father yet. But. Chadwick Boseman. Not only was fucking amazing in Ma Rainey's Black Bottom, and I, it's it's an August Wilson play. They got a, a theater director to direct it. They had theater actors as all the supporting characters. Viola Davis starred out in theater. Yeah, probably. I don't know if Chadwick Boseman did, but probably he did too. Or if he didn't, he did a fucking fantastic job. It was so well done. Yeah, and I like it was so well directed. And the thing only takes place in like two rooms. Yeah. So like, if a movie's dynamic enough. To take place in two rooms and still, like, have my attention and me be super entertained. That's always a great thing. Yeah. Like, it's a challenge, you know, because you don't have beautiful scenery. You just have the work of the actors and the characters and the director and the camera. And it was... I was so bored during Nomadland. It wasn't bad. It's just really quiet. And there's not a... There's, like, sad things that happen, but it's not a lot of drama. Yeah. And it's just kind of sad and depressing. So Nomadland, although it was beautiful... And I think it was directed well. It was just really quiet, and I got yeah. real bored the whole time. And I mean, I'm it's it's on Hulu. I didn't pay for it, so I wasn't like mad about it. But I I, I was I was much more upset about Mank because Mank was terribly boring and not super funny. And I have no idea why I was nominated for so much stuff because I love David Fincher, but this was probably his worst thing he's done. And I know what him is was more of a passion project too because yes. his dad wrote the screenplay for it. Yes. Um, but like with Nomadland, now I did like Nomadland, and I was really, to me, it was really interesting because I actually had this discussion with our our friend Jonathan, and he asked me what movie did he think did I think. Deserve best picture, and I said honestly, I thought Minari did. And I said, yes, I said I because it was beautiful, it was slice of life. Um, I said, you know, I, 
I, I loved it because it kind of reminded me, and in a way when something can remind you of yourself, like, mm-hmm. it, it means so much more to you. And I said, however, my favorite movie never wins Best Picture. Just like yeah. Marriage Story was my... I love Parasite for the cinematic value of it. Yeah. Cin- uh, Parasite was a phenomenal movie. Marriage Story was my favorite Best Picture. Yeah, and that's where I was like... I, I wasn't surprised No Man Land yeah. won. And I'm happy for Chloe Zhao and the fact that a woman won Best Second Picture time. and Best Director. Yes. And she's a woman of color. And that part is all good. I, it's, it's not who did it. I just feel like the movie itself, I was I kind will- of... It was kind of a yawn. And my thing is, I thought, Alves, now granted, Katie seen Ma's Remy's, I haven't, um, but I thought out of the nominees I had saw, of course, I thought Carrie Mulligan was phenomenal and Promising Young Women, yes. but she's young, and I was yeah, like, Yeah, I didn't expect her to yeah. win. Yeah, but Frances McDormand, I was like, she is Fern in Nomadland to me. She is, but the thing yeah. is, she is all of her characters, and she's already won, what, three Oscars? And I think she's it's her third, five, yeah. She's tied with Daniel Day-Lewis now. Wow. I know that. So yeah. So she's won three to four. Um, I love her. Yeah. But she's, I, I said this at the party several times, the year she wore the jean jacket to the Oscars was mm-hmm. the year I knew she was over it. And I think she's happy that her movie won, but she did not seem thrilled yeah, to even I win think it, her, and it was disappointing. I think her acceptance speech was like maybe 30 seconds. It was like, that. she's like, thanks for this. Yeah. Like, I was like, I mean, I love her, but I was just like, why, why would you give it to someone who's not thrilled? I think our friend Peter, we took Gizmo for a walk before we came to Brittany's house and he was like, I think you should just, like, win one. And you can be nominated as many times, but I think, at a, like, you shouldn't win more than one. Like, I was like, I think directing's different. I think acting, though, it's more of, like, a lifetime achievement thing. Mm-hmm. Usually, because usually actors have to work at it and work for years to get there. Like, look at Leonardo DiCaprio. He's finally Kate Winslet. got it. Kate Winslet was nominated Yeah, Kate Winslet, times. like, yeah. yeah. And that, that's what, those are the kind of stories I like, but now I'm just like, Frances McDormand, I love her. It's nothing against yeah. her. It's not her or Nomadland. I think the Academy was just like, well, we gave, I mean, I don't know. I just know it's a bunch of old white men that predominantly are still part of the Academy, and it it's, shows. Well, what's interesting, too, is that, like, so a lot of people, including myself, betted on Viola Davis and Ma Rodney's Black Bottom and, of course, um, Chadwick Boseman because they won Screen Actors Guild. And usually they, they did. Won, he won, like, everything yeah. leading up to it. And usually if you win SAG, there's, like, a 70% chance you're going to yes. win the Oscar. So it's very, very rare that you win SAG and you don't win the Oscar. And even Anthony Hopkins, and I haven't gotten to see his video, but yeah. apparently even he was like, thank you for this, because he didn't even come to the Oscars, which he's older, it's covid and I'm not sure if he resides in the United States or Britain because I think he has dual citizenship. Yeah. I think he's like Michael Caine. He has dual citizenship. Yeah. But I'm not sure where he resides anymore. But he didn't show up. And it, he wasn't videoing in because he didn't think he was going to win. Yeah. He, there was just a photo of him. So And they saved. The weird thing was they put best picture before best actress yeah. and best actor. So they obviously thought Chadwick Boseman was yeah, going to win. Yeah, and there was going to be like a dedication or something. And it was going to be great at the end. They had him as the last person in, in memoriam. They like and and then they're just like Anthony Hopkins, which was so weird. And like they couldn't do anything because there wasn't a speech. Yeah, like it just was awkward and just so weird. And I was just like, I mean, at least we know that they really don't know who wins. Yeah, until they know. I feel like it was even like the the person holding the envelope was like Anthony Hopkins. Like yeah, just Joaquin kind of Phoenix, like, who doesn't give a shit, was like so like what Anthony Hopkins? Oh. 
So, I just, like, there were good things and yeah. there were bad things. And, again, I love Francis McDormand. I just think, like, give it to somebody who, like, hasn't gotten an Oscar. But Viola Davis has gotten an Oscar before, I'm pretty sure. I just think maybe it was for supporting actress. Maybe that's what it's to help? No. The help? No. Well, I was going to say the help, but was that Octavia Spencer? That maybe it was. Oh, it was Octavia Spencer because she was wearing that silver dress. Yeah. Yes. Although, no, wait. Maybe Octavia Spencer got it for The Shape of Water. No, she got it for The Help. Okay. I feel like it was The Help that I year. I thought Viola Davis has an Oscar. By the way, yeah. the, the girl that does the funny Oscar intros on TikTok, her handle is my girl Anne, but with an E. I will um, say this, so the father was the last, I, as Brittany's little, little chime in on the father. Um, oh yeah, because so, I still want to watch it, I just haven't got to see it It yet. was the last movie I saw before the Oscars, so me and my husband watched it at like 1 in the morning the night before, um, which seems to be a trend with me every year, I've seen all the Best Picture nominees, <laughs> I always catch one the night before, um, and 9 out of 10 times it seems like it's the fucking most depressing one. Uh, yeah. yeah. And so this actually reminded me of a movie I had saw that was nominated for Best Picture um, about 10 years ago now, which was Amour. Um, it was really depressing. That was a big year because the actress yeah. nominated was the oldest actress ever nominated for Academy Award. And she was also with um, Wallace, what's the little girl's first name? That was in Beast of the Southern Wild, which was the youngest actress ever nominated oh, okay. for Academy Award. Um, but the movie was so upsetting because... Um, it's Anthony Hopkins plays a man with like dementia. Yeah. And the movie's shown from his point of view. So you're you're kind of in the Which confusion. Which I think is great. Yeah, it's based on the play. It's based on the it theater play. It sounds great. Yeah. I'm just like it's Anthony so Hopkins upsetting. already has an Academy Award. That's why I was just like I was like I just expected with so many people nominated that haven't won best actors before and or who haven't been nominated before. Yeah. I mean, I I think I said the girl from Pieces of a Woman. Yeah. Um Shit. Starts with a V. Vanessa. Vanessa. Anyways, she's great. I said it in one of our earlier episodes. She's never given birth, and I thought she was giving birth on screen. She was fucking amazing. Yeah. And that, that, she's great in it. And so I was just kind of like, I feel like, and I liked Frances McDormand, but I just was like, she's just being herself. I will say this while spoiling the movie for The Father. I think if Anthony Hopkins got the Academy Award, it's probably for the, like, last 10 minutes of the movie because he is a powerhouse. Um, and, I yeah. mean, there's no denying that. He's no, and there's nothing wrong with him winning yeah. in a general, but I just it's felt just, really bad. Yeah. If I hadn't seen Ma Rainey's two nights before, I probably would have been like, oh, that's fine. But Chadwick Boseman, because I was a little bit like, are they just nominating him yeah, because it's his last away. thing? Is this, yeah. like, a Heath Ledger thing? Which we all love Heath Ledger, but we all know... That he should have won for Brokeback Mountain, and the Joker was just, you know, they felt bad because the Academy snubbed him for Brokeback Mountain, and they wanted to make it up. And that was an honorable thing to do because he deserved it for Brokeback Mountain. Yeah. Um, not to belittle whoever, I don't remember who won it that year, but not to belittle the person who won it that year, but uh, they just weren't ready for a gay romance about no, cowboys. that's true. But... I thought, was this another thing? But I saw Ma Rainey's, and oh my god. Yeah. The acting chops on Chadwick Boseman. I am so fucking sad he is dead. Yeah. Just, I mean, the general sense I was sad, because he seemed like a nice guy. And, like, I saw Black Panther. It, I'm not a huge, you know, I'm not a huge Marvel person. Yeah. So I was like, it was good. Like, I was not bored by it, and it was nice. It was at least colorful, like, whereas, like, sometimes, like, they're just really, like, smoke and dust and fire and ash, and it's, like, in that city, and it's dull, and I hate it. But, um, it was, it was much more entertaining than most Marvel movies. 
But I didn't think it was anything special. Yeah. Which is why I was like, why is it nominated for Oscars? But whatever, it's fine. But he, like, I hated his character in Ma Rainey's Black Bottom in the first couple scenes. He was this diva trumpeter. And he was, like, total asshole. But in, like, one scene, he completely turns his character around and, like, just tells you his character's background. Yeah. And, like, the story of, like, what happened to his mom when he was a kid and how it, what happened with his dad and how it changed him as a person. And then you're like, oh, holy shit, that was insane. And then, like, his character goes through a lot of changes. And it's not a happy movie, y'all. It's not a happy movie. Um, but it's really good. The only thing I think that kept Viola Davis from winning, I think, though, is because she didn't sing. They had someone else sing for her. Which is smart, because she's, it's, it mean, it sounds more like the actual woman who was Ma Rainey, because it's a real woman. Yeah, of course. Um, a real jazz singer that it's based on. Um, who had a very interesting life, by the way. They show her picture at the end, and Viola Davis is a much more fancy version of, of her. That's, like, every Hollywood movie. Like, this is a biopic. You're always, like, you always look better than the actual person. Like, exactly. Mank was not as attractive as Gary Oldman. Exactly. Well, that's okay. And Gary Oldman's not even, like, I think he's attractive. But yeah. he's not, like, ooh. He's not, like, ooh, daddy. The actor who plays his brother is, like, one of the deputies oh, on Banshees. He's one of the deputies on Banshees! He's hot. <laughs> Netflix stuff. I yeah. know, because he's like, I was like, I know his face, but it's also in black and white. Yeah. But I think that was maybe one of the reasons. Um, by the way, Viola Davis has won an Oscar for Best Supporting Actress for Fences. Oh, that's the, where. The other okay. August Wilson movie, yeah. which um, which Denzel Washington's been, I think it's Denzel Washington that started producing them. I did want to say maybe not. one more thing about The Father real quick. So oh, I'll go ahead. Say this. No, you are good. Out of eight Best Picture nominees, Minari and The Father were the only two that made me cry. Minari and- was hot stuff. I, I cried with Minari because it was like sad. It was bittersweet. Like it was sad, but it was hopeful. I cried at the fodder because I was devastated. Yeah. I mean, Minari. Yeah. I mean, I mean, I really want to see the father. I just didn't want to pay that much money to be depressed. Yeah. Yeah. I, I kind of like literally lifted. I had like a, uh, I had like a crying headache, which Mm -hmm. is, um, which is also I had the in the relic, if that tells you anything. So yeah. Maybe that's why I didn't want to watch it, because we just watched Relic, and I knew what the father was about. Yeah. I was just like, uh, I don't know if I can deal with that again. Um, the other thing about Anthony Hopkins mm-hmm. winning was Stephen Yun was nominated. Yeah. And if he was going to lose to Chadwick Boseman, who is dead and will never be nominated for an Academy Award again, cool! But to lose to Anthony Hopkins, who's already won yeah. an Oscar and who doesn't give a shit, I mean, he's honored, but he does not really care. Like, I mean, not in a bad way. He's just above that now. I think Francis McDormand is the same thing. Yeah. Like, I've been there, done that. I'm just doing the work. Which I love. I want to, like, I don't, there's nothing wrong with that. Yeah, I just exactly. feel like, if you're going to give an award, like, it's like if they gave the Nobel Prize to the same person every single year. It would be boring. I will say, Stephen Young can only go up from here, though. Yes. I mean, I hope this leads to more stuff for him. But I was just so disappointed that I thought either he or Chadwick Boseman were going to win. And then to have, no offense to Anthony Hopkins, a super old British white dude, when I was like, hmm, you know Academy Awards, I think you've changed after Parasite, but I guess you haven't. And, I mean, and, like, I just, like, anyone who probably knows Anthony Hopkins is probably, like, like I would think they would know that he doesn't care. That's the same as Francis McDormand. It's like if I had won an Oscar... And I was over it. I would be like, please don't vote for me. Vote for somebody else who's never gotten well, it before. You could technically, and this, I know we're going to have to get ready to start talking about. No, our you're movie good. This week, I don't think we're going to have but, a ton. I th- yeah. think we can do mostly Oscar talk um, this week. But like technically, you can, um, you can. 
uh, reject isn't the right word, but kind of reject your decline Oscar. it. Decline, you can decline it. it because yes. the guy who um, won for Patton, uh, who George played, George C. Scott, yeah, didn't he reject his? Yes, Oscar? he did, and so did Marlon Brando. Yeah, thank you. Marlon yes. was the other one. Um, and I think someone else has done it too. I think there's been like three people have declined it. Um, you know, you can, but I think like it's it's not like a controversy really. There is a bit of a controversy that I didn't know about, but until you told me about the fact that I was surprised that David Kalia, who deservingly won Best Supporting Actor. Mm-hmm. Yes, he was phenomenal. But he and Lakeith Stanfield were both supporting actors. Yes. And I was like, well, I guess their characters mostly share screen time, but Lakeith Stanfield's character was really the lead character. Lead actor. Well, apparently, they originally wanted him to be nominated for mm-hmm. lead actor. Yes. And I think he could, I don't know if he could have won but I think it would have been nice to have him. Yeah. Because I think he did, he, like, his character, like, starts out as, like, a basically a child who then starts to work for the FBI and then, well, you saw it too. Of course. Yeah. Judas and the Black Messiah is, I mean, that's, I think, why I didn't like Trials to Chicago 7 so much because I'd already seen a movie with a very similar storyline taking yeah. place in the same time period. Uh, it was similar... Uh, issues with civil rights and Vietnam in 1969, the yeah. year. Um, and it did it so much better and with so much more style. It was very stylized. Now, I did watch Trial of the Chicago 7 first on my end. So, so maybe that's why. Because yeah. I just I was not impressed with it as much as I was Judas and the Black Messiah. Because I just flipped on Judas and the Black Messiah. I just was like, I wanted to see it before it went off HBO Max. And yeah. I was just kind of like, oh, I, I'm not doing anything this Saturday night. I'm going to watch this. And I was, like, blown away by it. I was not expecting anything from it. Yeah. I just knew that it had good actors in it, and uh, I didn't really know anything about Fred Hampton. Mm-hmm. Fred Hampton. I didn't know a whole lot about him, which I don't know why they don't teach us that more in history class, because I think we need to know about when the government tried to this was insane. assassinate so, a 21-year-old man. My mother literally was watching these movies with us, and believe it or not, Minari and Judas and the Black Messiah were my mom's two favorite nominees this year. And my mom said, she's like, you know, my mom was a child during this, and she's like, I never knew about any of this. Yeah, like, she never knew about any of rug. it. So, also, Je- Jesse Plemons from uh, I'm Thinking of Ending Things is also... Met Damon. It's <laughs> also in it. So, you know. I mean, but I I didn't know that they had tried to mm-hmm. nominate him. I thought maybe they nominated both of them for Best Supporting because they didn't want to, like, put one of them over the other, like, yeah. like for camaraderie's sake. But the fact that they won't let Lakeith Stanfield be Best, like, best Actor, that's a little... Yeah, they were... So my understanding... they were too full of people of color? I was wondering... I don't want to be like that person, but... I will say, out of the nominees for Best Actors, though... Now, Lakeith is amazing. So, as we know, I love BoJack Horseman. And he actually plays Guy in BoJack Horseman. So, and then he was also L in the uh, very... Not very good Netflix uh, remake of the live-action Death Note. So, um, he's... Oh, like, oh yeah! yeah he, he is! And he's been in this one movie that Peter saw that I haven't seen yet. I can't remember what it's called, but it was, I, I've heard it's been so good. It's on Hulu. Shit. Oh, 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 fucking, um, fucking, 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 uh, customer service, him. customer, he's like a customer service voice, he has a white voice when he, like, talks no, or something. No, he's like, wait, let me look. Isn't that that movie? Doesn't he, like, talk like he a white guy? He might do that, too. He he's talks in, like, like a white guy. He talks like a white guy. And then he's in Get Out. He was in Get Out. He was in Get Out. We all, yeah. Yeah, yeah. He was, he's the Get Out Him guy. and Daniel Kaluuya and... Sorry to bother you. That's sorry to bother you. That's the one yeah. where he, he pretends, like, it's like he has the white customer service Oh, okay. Voice. Yeah. I haven't seen it yet, yeah. but it's been on my list to watch, but... Oh, he's in, and he's in Knives Out, and yes. he was in, he's been, listen, and, wait, who was he in Straight Outta Compton? 
I saw that movie in he theaters. He's also Jenna Rodriguez's ex boyfriend in um, Someone Special. What was that fucking Netflix movie with Gina Rodriguez and Brittany Snow? Um, I don't know. But he went. So, I mean, he has had a lot of substantial roles. Do you want to know who Lucky Stanfield played in Straight Out of Compton so well that I did not realize it was Lucky Stanfield until this very moment? What? He played Snoop Dogg. Wow. I can see that. Wow, yeah. I did, obviously, because, I mean, I don't think Snoop Dogg, he doesn't really come to play until, like, towards the end. Yeah. Because they don't, they, I remember them discovering him, because they're, they're, you know, the California, that song, mm-hmm. they're, like, doing that. It's, like, right after they discover, um, they, I remember, they discover Tupac and Snoop, like, at similar times, but it's not, like, they're not, like, big characters in it, because they weren't part of. Yeah. Anyways, but Lakeith Stanfield's been in so much stuff, and I feel like, I feel like he got snubbed. But I love the David Kaluuya one. Yeah, he is really, really good. He's so good, and I, like, he, I mean, he was so good in Get Out. Mm-hmm. And I, had, I think that's the first thing I saw him in. Yeah, I feel like that's the first thing I remember actively seeing him in, Yeah, too. And he is good in that movie. Um, so we just talked about the Oscars for, like, a good 20, 30 minutes, but that's okay. Because it was the a Oscars. big thing. Um, love them, I hate think them. there was... Oh, also, just, we already talked about most things I've watched, but I also watched Run on Hulu. Oh, yeah. Sarah which Paulson? actually held up pretty well. Yeah, Sarah Paulson's Run. Yeah, did you oh, watch it? No, uh, a couple months ago, yeah. Yeah, when I, first I finally out. sat and watched it. It's good. I like the twist, yeah. Yeah. I, I kind of saw it coming, I felt, but yeah. I still liked it. I wouldn't say it's surprising, but it's mm-hmm. solid. It's kind of like a really well-done Lifetime movie. Yeah. Which, Agreed. And also, I've started watching this docu-series called The Devil Next Door on Ooh. Netflix, which is about... Because we were talking about it at the Oscar party, about... Somebody mentioned something about... I don't know. Something about Nazis. And, like, not in a positive way. And uh, I can't remember if it was Stephanie or Peter was like, oh, yeah, there was, like, a guy they caught and they extradited to Israel. And it's about that. Peter. Yep. Yeah. And so I started, like, I was like, oh, what's, the documentary series just popped up, and I was like, what's that about? And I was like, oh, that's that, that dude that got extradited. So I started watching it. It's very interesting, because, like, I don't know, they're, they're not being as one-sided as I thought they would be. They're okay. showing both sides of the, like, they're interviewing, like, the defense lawyers and the prosecution, and, like, it's very interesting, because it's very, I'm only in the middle of it, so it's very up in the air, and I don't really know what the outcome is, and I have avoided looking into it further so I can be surprised by the documentary. Um, But it's interesting how, like, it could just be a case of mistaken identity or it could be that a Nazi was living in America, which, you know, that did happen, unfortunately. Yeah. But it's the, I will warn you, if you don't like graphic things, if you went to the Holocaust Museum and couldn't look over the little walls to see the medical pictures that they show, because if you've ever been to the Holocaust Museum in D.C., Highly, please go. Um, I think everyone needs to see it to see what genocide is and what oppression is. And it's 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 terribly depressing. But I think it's something everyone should go. And I was lucky enough to go during my my senior trip in high school. But they have these little walls set up, so if you don't want to watch disturbing pictures, you don't have to look over the wall. But I made myself look over the wall, and they start out this docu series just showing atrocities in the Holocaust because apparently the Nazis just taped that. Like, it's like shows people getting murdered and like just like mass graves. And I didn't realize I was getting into that. I'm just warning you, it it does show a lot of graphic stuff, but the person that they think this man was, was a particularly awful uh, guard in 
the Ukraine. So, uh, just, uh, proceed with caution. It's pretty graphic. It does not, like, and I was like, how sick is it that they taped themselves, like, hurting people like that? Because at first I was like, maybe this is, I was like, oh, is this, like, what allied people, like, taped to see? And I'm like, no, they wouldn't have, they would have been gone by this point. Yeah. Because they all, like, abandoned the camps. Um, no, this is, like... Like, propaganda video. Like, look at us killing all these people. I thought they were less than human. Like, and then, okay, the thing that always gets me. Sorry, last Holocaust thing. In the Holocaust Museum, they have one of the ovens that they would burn people's bodies in after they were done killing them in the gas chambers. And then they have this pile of shoes. Because shoes were worth something to them because it was leather. Yeah. Same thing with glasses. So they, and, and in this docuseries they show like the pile of shoes that they kept off the corpses and all the glasses that they kept because those are worth more money to them more worth than a human being's life and that if you don't cry at the shoe room (laughs) at the holocaust museum there's something wrong with you it makes me so sad inside and it makes me so angry yeah but yeah you should go though. Yeah. Oh no, absolutely. If you go to DC, we can't let go. these type of things be eradicated from history. No matter how awful yes. they are, they happen, and we have to acknowledge and remember that they happen. And that's why I made myself look over the wall. Yeah. So, anyways, uh, it's good. It's a good docu series. It hasn't steered me towards one side or the other, which is I appreciate that. Whereas a lot of them do. They're like very pointedly like, yeah, we definitely want you to see this side of the point of view. But it is. They do not shy away from showing you Holocaust videos. and Like, I knew he was a suspected Nazi. I just didn't know I'd have to look at people getting tortured. Yeah. But it's okay. It's okay. Just, you know. Good, good warning. Watch an extra. Yeah. Well, good warning. Good warning. Fam. Good. Yeah. W- warning. Like, just be careful, y'all. Be careful, y'all. Exactly. Anyways. Um, I guess we should actually start talking about the movie this week. Yes. We um, sure should. Yeah. So, um, we are doing uh, Under the Shadow, uh, which is a 2016 movie. It is on Netflix. And, Katie, I don't know if you had this issue. Um, I was watching on Netflix and realized probably within the first two sentences of characters talking, it was dubbed. Yes. And I couldn't find the subtitle version. I was like, fuck. I don't think there's a way to do a subtitle version. (sighs) Yeah, that's my big negative on this movie, Mm -hmm. is it's dubbed. It's a good dub. Yeah. I would say it's about... As good as the Swedish version of the Girl with the Dragon Tattoo. Mm-hmm. It's about, you know, it's a decent dub, but it was a little distracting. Yeah. That was probably my my biggest negative mm-hmm. with this movie. Yeah. Um, uh, do, do you have a synopsis for it? I sure do. Um, so, yeah. So, once again, we are talking about Under the Shadow. Um, so, when Shade's husband is called into military service as a doctor, she is left to watch her daughter, Dorsa, alone, despite his protest for them to go stay with his parents in a different part of the country. As the wars of the cities intensifies, tensions also intensifies between mother and daughter as Dorsa's favorite doll goes missing, and the no-nonsense Shade realizes something may be haunting their home. Da, da, da. Yeah. Ooh. I like this one. It was a slow burn. Yeah. Um, and I keep I keep realizing um it's not intentional on our part, but we keep picking directorial debuts. Yeah, this yeah. is a directorial debut by Babak Anvari, who is a Iranian British filmmaker. He's done two short films called Wounds and Two and Two. Oh, and he also did um his first English debut film, which was called um 
Oh, Wounds. Wounds, which oh. has our, um, I'm about to make a very, it has our favorite alleged cannibal in it, Army Hammer. Oh, Army Hammer yeah. is in Wounds. Yeah, and Dakota Johnson, who was just in the remake of Superior, is also in this movie. Oh, okay. Yeah. I had Wounds written down, I just didn't know it was an English film. Mm-hmm. It was an English film, um, 2019 premiered at Sundance. So both cool. of his feature-length films were Sundance films. Cool. Yeah. So, and I, I've heard a lot about this movie. I've had a lot of, like, moms say, this is a good scary movie. Which I wouldn't call it scary. I call it spooky. Yeah. I don't think it's... It's very similar to Babadook. Yeah. Very similar. Very Babadooky. And a lot of different themes. Yes. Yeah. Which... And not in like... I mean, it's not about grief so much, but it's definitely about motherhood. Mm-hmm. And about, like... It's it's very about, like, society's view of mothers and their role. Especially this very specific society. Yeah. Um, but I think there's some universal themes. I did get really into the historical context because I was so, like, interested in what the hell was going on. Because when we first see our character, she talks about, like, oh, everything changed during the Cultural Revolution. Mm-hmm. And I was like... Because everything's, like, really conservative and religious. Like, she has to wear hijab when she's out and about. Not a full hijab. She just has to cover her hair and, like, wear long sleeves, basically, when she goes out and about. And, you know, usually when we hear the word cultural revolution in the Western world, we're like, oh, like, the 60s, like, everything got free and, like, more liberal. And instead, things got really conservative. So I was was very curious, and I went and watched a bunch of YouTube videos about the Iranian Cultural Revolution, and there's some really good ones out there, uh, and I can't remember what it's called, but there was, like, like shortcut history or something like that, where it was just like, hey, here are the main points. And basically, um, this is set during the War of the Cities, which was during the Iran-Iraq conflict. So Saddam Hussein was attacking a lot of urban centers in Iran between 1984 and 1988. Mm-hmm. And one of those cities was Tehran, which is where this movie takes place. And where the director grew up, too. Yes. Mm -hmm. Um, And so, uh, Iran would retaliate with more fighting. So, it was back and forth, but especially Iran got hit with a lot of uh, urban places. Like, really highly populated places. So, people were leaving the cities because... um, It it reminds me a lot of the Blitz. Yeah. um, In World War II. um, Which, I, I was born at the tail end of this stuff so like I know stuff about it but I don't really know a lot about it because it was before our time yeah um but basically what happened before that the cultural revolution didn't have anything to Saddam Hussein basically they had gotten kind of westernized and in the 70s like 76 um I watched actually a really cool video on YouTube it's like Iran, 1976 before the cult like cultural revolution and like everyone's dressed in like 70s clothes. Yeah. Women are wearing pants. Women are wearing shorts. Everyone's like, everybody's like super free and happy, but they had a lot of economic problems. Yeah. Now, I don't know. Uh, quick segue. Have you ever seen Persepolis or read Persepolis? I, it has been on my okay. list forever. Because yes. I know that's like about the same yes, kind of stuff. Yes, it is. Yes. Yes. So, yeah. And, oh, you know, there's a good YouTube video called Being a Female in Iran. It's about a fashion designer who feels very, it's a real person and she feels very constricted by having to only wear hijab but she she designs this beautiful colorful hijab um so that like people in iran can have some form of self-expression yeah because that's the thing is like this is not saying that anybody has to dress a certain way 
but I do feel like there is a problem when your government tells you that you yeah. have to dress a certain way. There is something innately suffocating when you're not even allowed to make that choice that you have to dress a certain way and that's why we're seeing this main character in this movie have all kinds of PTSD yes from it's like and I love what I love is in the beginning of the movie they even bring up that like this was a frightening time it was a terrible time to live through and it's that that's essentially it's under the shadow of this fret that's where the the title of the movie comes from which yeah go ahead no you're good you're good and that's it's to me so foreign because I mean I, you know, thank God we've had awful tragedies happen in America in our time. And, you know, 9-11 is one of the first things that comes to mind. But I can imagine just living in a city that you constantly had to worry about missile raids. Yeah. I mean, I, I mean, people have to do that nowadays yeah. in some places. Um, but also, and the fact that, like, not only are you dealing with that bullshit, but you're also dealing with this social suffocation. Yeah. And it's like, like, she she's being punished because she was into a certain group of people, like, a more liberal political party in college. Yeah. That's what everybody does in college. Like, come on, y'all. But basically, like, it's interesting because the weird thing was with the Cultural Revolution, it didn't start as, like, hey, let's all get super religious and wear hijabs all the time. It started as, hey, the president's kind of just, like, ignoring all our social issues and only focusing on economic stuff. And just because we're, like, prosperous does not mean people are happy. And there were a lot of, like, problems that way. But the president, or I guess, or maybe he was actually, he may have been a monarch. Whoever was in charge at the time. I watched a lot of videos. I don't want to bore you guys with things. But basically, he basically ran away and ended up in America, which is one of the reasons why I ran in America has such a fraught relationship right now. Right, like, right now, there's something going on in the sea near it. So I hope everything's okay next week when this airs. Uh, But um, he basically ran away from his post, and the people that were voted in charge happened to be religious leaders. Basically made Sharia law the law of Iran. But this movie very articulately handles it. Because, like, she doesn't go on a big speech. No. But you can just see it in her face when people are, like, telling her, like, oh, where's your headscarf? And she's just like, like, really? It's wearing her down. It's so, I mean, I can't even imagine. Yeah. And, like, one of her neighbors gets to go back to, like, visit her son who lives in, like, frickin' Paris. And I'm like, that must be so freeing. Yeah. But also, I bet scary. I bet I feel like you've, your whole life, you've only worn, like, some, some like, a hijab or, like, a Mennonite yeah. outfit going into the real world and, like, trying to wear, like, you know, normal clothes. And I'm not trying to say normal, but, you yeah. know, like, the standard fair yeah i bet that is like really scary yeah because it's like i don't i'm not used to showing people my arms yeah the hell do i do with them i'm just kidding exactly but no i would imagine it's, it's a very different uh way of experiencing things although women can vote in iran yeah so it's not like i mean it's still very much like how this movie portrays it yeah law wise but women can still participate at least so it's not like, it's not the worst case scenario. Yeah. Um, but anyways, I'm not trying to, not trying to bash Iran. I just thought it was interesting because I was very interested in like the background of this because I don't like, I didn't know a lot about this yeah. time period. No, I like it. I had to read some things about it because I wasn't as familiar either because I didn't, I didn't know getting into this movie that it was taking place in the 1980s either. Mm-hmm. So, and then it was like, it literally kind of tells you about the time period of the Iraq-Iran war. And then you're like, okay, we're in the 80s. And then more mm-hmm. specifically, the later 80s. Yeah. So. 
Which is very obvious by the clothing that she wears in her house. Mm-hmm. Oh, yeah. <laughs> I was like, this is a very 80s household. That yeah. is a very 80s sweater you are wearing, ma'am. And I liked it. Um, but I figured we would go for um, the actors real quick and then um, hit, do a general rundown of the movie. Yeah. Um, so, um, one of my favorite parts of this movie, and I may, and I know, Katie, you're really good at watching interviews. I'm not. Um, I actually didn't find any this time. Okay, you didn't. Yeah. Okay. I thought it was interesting. There was no IMBD trivia on this one. Yeah. I, yeah. What I tried to look up, and I was just like, I couldn't really find anything on it. Yeah. I found a lot of stuff about the background of this movie, and mm-hmm. not so much stuff about the actual movie. Exactly. Which is usually my favorite part. Which is, it's nice, because you kind of get to more analyze it yourself. Yeah. I just like getting, like, little blurbs. Like, I loved hearing about the fact that Mia Goth, like, faked her way to get cast in Suspiria. Yeah. Like, oh, that was fucking hilarious. Little tidbits like that really do kind yeah. of help make the movie. I'm like, that's cool. Um, but I believe it's Nars, Nars Rashidi, who, uh, mm-hmm. she did. Um, so it looks like she's had a pretty decent career, so I was just trying to hit some of the main stuff that she's done. Yeah. So Tiger Milch, a lot of TV shows, like The Girlfriend Experience, uh, Gangs of London. Um, she was actually born in Iran. Yeah, so. she's... Iranian, German, and Turkish. Like oh, she wow. was born in Iran, moved to Germany, then eventually moved to Turkey. So, and she's apparently fluent in many languages because she's done a lot of different movies in different languages. Which yeah, I always think super impressive because I'm barely fluent in English. Me too. So <laughs> I keep trying to learn my German and French again, and I'm just like, yeah, I don't really want to do that today, Duolingo. Sorry. Yeah, the little I feel owl that. keeps bothering me. That's a reminder. <laughs> um, we have. Avon Manshadi, who's Dorsa, um, and she's also, I thought this was cool, so there's another, I guess, kind of horror thriller movie she was in, and she played a pretty prominent part in Milu and Mitra, okay. um, so I couldn't find a wiki page on Mitra, but I found the IMDB page, and I thought it was cool because one of my coworkers was named Mitra, Oh, cool. and so, um, but yeah, so I'm now I'm like, oh, I gotta add Mitra to my list, yeah. so. She did a very good job. She was great. The mother-daughter da- dynamic in this movie yes. was so good. And honestly, uh, Bobby Nadiri who mm-hmm. plays the father, which I didn't really get to look up his background as much. Um, but I think he did a really good job, too. Yeah. Even though he wasn't in most of the movie, but I thought he was... He did. He had a very tough role to play of someone who, you know, he's put in a tough situation because he's obviously, like, a, a good husband and a good yeah. father, and he really hates that his wife is oppressed. Yeah. But he's also like, but I have to keep working in this society. Yeah. If we're going to live. Exactly. And that's, it's a, such a hard thing to deal with when, like, especially in a relationship when, because it's obvious she wants to be a doctor too. Yeah. And so he gets to practice and she doesn't. And it's fucked up. But, like, also, like, he's like, it's not his fault. Yeah. The so. family tension in this movie was really realistic. Yes. I was like, I've had moments like this. Yeah. Like, the the things are, like, you know the situation is frustrating and you hate that it's happening, but it's, like, there's nothing we can do about it because it's coming from outside forces, so we just have to keep going on. Yeah. And just all be a little more miserable inside. Exactly. It's terrifying. Um, you already know this, too, Katie. So this movie was, um... This movie was selected as the British entry for the best foreign language film at the 89th Academy Awards, but it was not nominated. So it was Same. for the year 2016 in film. So, mm. yeah. I wonder what was nominated that uh, year. I forgot all of them, but I think The Salesman was the winner that year, if I'm not mistaken. Uh, I haven't even heard of The Salesman. Yeah. But again, I'm cynical about the Oscars, so I didn't watch them for a while. There are some years where I'm like, I've seen two of those seven movies. So, but, but sometimes I I feel like I'm doing pretty damn good. So, 
Well, do we want to get into spoilers? I think we need to get into spoilers. I think we need to get into spoilers. This movie, there's not a ton going on. Yeah. Which I think is nice. Which is why we could talk about the Oscars so long. Yeah. <laughs> Basically. Yeah. Okay, so, uh, do we want to go plot by plot? Yeah, we can kind of just do kind of like a run through and touch on some important things. Yeah. So, the movie ends, uh, like I said earlier, it opens with this tile car explaining the, this period in, mm-hmm. in Iran and Iraq and how it was terrible. And basically, there's like a constant threat. And yeah. so, with Shadad, there's not just the threat of the missiles. There's mm-hmm. the threat of the morality police. There's threats of neighbors. Because mm-hmm. as we know... Um, in the movie, in the in the movie, she has a VCR, and yeah. even getting caught with a VCR is like Apparently. a huge thing. I'm yeah, like, is this North Korea? I mean, yeah, mm-hmm. and it can be bad. But the opening scene is literally like Katie says she's she's pretty much dressed very very modestly. She has like it's not is it what is it when it's not kajab when it's like over your entire body? Um, I think kajab is. The general term. I think hijab is like a general term for that kind of structure, but there is something where it's more severe where you can't see like anything but your eyes. Yeah. Uh, or Which... it was a chador. Chador is over the head and okay. other parts of the body, I believe. Um, yeah, so. I'm generalizing. I'm sorry. With hijab. So if we're wrong, please it's forgive a, us. So it's a full body link of fabric that is open down to the front. So it's like pretty much your face and everything uh-huh. else is covered. So that's pretty much a job. Yeah. yeah. So well a job is just the head, right? And um to any of our to any of our listeners or friends that are out there that know more about this, please yes. correct us if we're wrong. We because don't like to be my, wrong. My Muslim friends that I've had have never adhered to hijabs. Yeah. But I have I have people that I've worked with, like yeah. at my old job, but like it's not really something that you like ask people. Yeah. You're not just like, why do you wear that thing on your head? Like that's just rude. Yeah. Like I just kind of I'm like, okay, cool. This is the only thing is I will say masks are hell for people who have to wear hijab. Yeah. The the main rule is, and I like that they're very realistic with this, is like when you're in your house, you don't have to wear that. Yeah. It's only around like people who aren't in your family. I think there's very specific rules, but like for her, she doesn't really want to be wearing it. So yeah. it's like she's put on this thing that she hates because she really wants to get back into school and she wants to um, become a doctor and she's meeting with the director of the medical school and it's so interesting because she's literally like sitting there yeah talking about um uh he was talking about her being punished for her own politics yeah and literally he says every mistake has consequences and a bomb bursts in the background yeah in the window and you're just like Oh my god, what the hell is going on? Yeah, exactly. It's, it's a very good uh, visual narrative. And she's been out, so this is a sad thing. So it's basically like she's been out of her studies for a while because she was uh, waiting for a point until her daughter was a little bit older to go back to school. Yeah. So she became a mother, did what societal would have considered the right thing, take off time to raise yeah. her child a little bit, and now she's trying to get back as her dream. And they're like, nope, you were in this group. Sorry. She's like, sorry, you you liked, you were political in college. I'm like, really? Mm-hmm. Surprising. Like, yeah. Oh, my God. But, I mean, that's the thing is, like, I don't mean maybe another school wouldn't have been like this. Yeah. But this is obviously the school that is nearest and her husband works in Tehran so it's like she's not gonna like make her husband move just to go to school somewhere else and also I don't know how prominent colleges are in Iran in the 80s yeah that's a good question some places have 
universities in every city and some places are like, you know, this is our more educational setting and maybe we'll just have like community colleges in different areas. I don't know because I've never, I've never been to Iran. Yeah. But I mean, I do know that they closed a lot of the universities as well during the Cultural Revolution. Yeah. For a good year or so, a lot of them, because they basically were like cleansing them of like anything Western. Yeah. Like basically the leaders of Iran now don't want anything that is non-Islamic tainting yeah their culture which i'm just like uh that's like people who in america are like i don't want anything that doesn't have to do with jesus yeah i'm like i just i just don't even think jesus would be okay with that personally but that's just me that's just me that's yeah. just my thoughts uh but like i just get really like i uh, i don't know i get all like yeah. itchy to be like y'all it's not that big of a deal it's gonna be okay you guys um, but yeah, so she can't get back into school. Mm-mm. She's very depressed. She comes back home. She comes to pick up her daughter from her neighbor who's been mm-hmm. watching her. And like, obviously this is like her neighbor that she confides in. And she's like, I didn't get it. And she just like, gets like so sad. And, yeah. and the neighbor's just like, it's just how these things are. Don't worry. It's not your fault. You know? And, but she's, she's, I feel bad because her little girl's like, mom. And she's like too upset to even like say hi to her. Yeah. She, and you're like, oh. But, I mean, she seems to be, like, a good mom, but, like, kind of, like, a tougher mom. Yes. She's very no-nonsense. Like, yeah. she absolutely, you could tell she loves her child, but she also gets irritated with her child, which yeah. is understandable. I the get whole, it. like, no toys at the breakfast table, please. Yeah. Like, talking to her, like, five-year-old, like, because she's about to go to school next year, so she must be five or six. Uh, like, at one point, like, her little girl wets the bed, and she's like, aren't you old enough to stop wetting the bed? And you're yeah. like, I mean... Technically, but at the same time, accidents happen. Like, accidents happen. Yeah. carpet. And that's what I love. There's a scene that, like, follows this where it's so... She decides because she's not being allowed back in school, she uh, gets rid of all of her textbooks except one that her mother had given her Uh and had wrote, like, this handwritten letter. And you see it, and it literally, there's this picture frame of, like, her mom just, like, right there. Yeah. Yeah. And I really love that little touch. Mm -hmm. But, um, so it obviously means so much to her. And her husband even says something. He's like, but this wasn't your dream. This was your your mother's dream. dream. And her mother died earlier that year. Yeah. So, like... You know, is does she really want to be a doctor? You know, I mean, I, I want her to be able to be a doctor for, like, the feminist mm-hmm. angle. But then I'm like, maybe she doesn't actually want to be a doctor. Yeah. But she does seem to, like, obviously, it seems like the dad is the favorite parent of Dorsa, her little girl, because she's like, Daddy! But he's also not the one who has to discipline her because he's always at work. Exactly. Because it's a one-work household right now because she can't work. Yeah. And she does drive, but they make comments saying, like, well, she's the only woman in the whole building that drives. Yeah, you see this scene like that's infuriating uh, in a way, which is a part of life, but it's infuriating because basically the um, gate isn't locked right. And the landlord confronts her husband, and he's like, she's the only per- the only woman that drives. It has to be her. Like, he's basically like, I know it wasn't this guy. Cause he, he wasn't just a trust- man. Yeah, he just trusts that it wasn't this neighbor. And he's like, and I know it's not me or you, so it has to be your wife. And the husband's just like, okay, yeah. sexist pig. Yeah. He's I'll like, tell her. And he says, we'll work on it. Yeah. Because he doesn't even want to throw his wife under the bus because he's not an asshole. Yeah. Which I like that. I like that the husband, they could have done something where the husband was a stereotypical male chauvinist pig. Yeah. And like, just be a shitty guy. And I, and I think maybe if it was from a Westerner's eye, mm-hmm. they might do that. But no, this guy is in a tough situation too because I can't, like, as... I'm, it, it's worse for women, but it must be really bad for men who respect women 
and who are good guys to be like watching their wives or girlfriends be oppressed yeah. by society and then you have to adhere by those rules or else you might get killed yeah. or arrested or I don't I don't really know how incredibly strict Iran is. Yeah. Well obviously we know you at least get whipped for certain Oh things. yeah, cuz yeah. at some point they're like do you want to get caned for not wearing a scarf? She was literally wearing pajamas. Like she runs out of the house with her kid and she literally is wearing pajamas that are like Long sleeves, yeah, no cleavage, and long pants. The only yeah. thing she's missing is a headscarf. This is what's sad is that you literally cannot run away from, take your child and run away from your haunted house in the middle of the night without being yeah. stopped by the morality police if you're not wearing your headscarf. Like, yeah, I was just like, and she's, and he starts giving her a speech, and the the this is fucking bullshit. Look in her eyes. It's yeah. just like we've all been there. Well, it's also like this, like. Not as seriously, though. What I love about this, too, is, like, her PTSD is, like, she she becomes more unshrink throughout mm-hmm. the movie. It's, like, you can see... Because there's even a line where he talks about... Her husband talks about her sleepwalking. Yes, and when so, she gets stressed. And she's, like, okay, no, I'm, I haven't sleepwalked in a while. But it's, like, you realize... Even the sound design in this movie, what I love is that, like, you're, you'll hear noises, like, you'll hear missiles and stuff mm-hmm. in the background. Or you'll hear something like just the wind. While, just while they're having a conversation. Yeah, or, like, the wind howling or something like that. So, yeah. when things get silent, it's eerie. Mm-hmm. Like, and that's what this movie builds. It builds tension. Like, yeah. there's not, like, creeps around every corner. It's, like, it builds the tension, and when shit happens, it's <laughs> scary. Yeah. When shit happens, I was like, oh, are we doing this? Because yeah. it seems very realistic in the beginning, because, mm-hmm. like... So, basically, her husband's like, oh, hey, they called me up. I have to go to the front lines and work as a doctor. And he's like, if he doesn't go, he loses his license to practice. So, yeah. he has no choice. He has to feed the family because his wife isn't allowed to work. Yeah. So, he's like, I have to go. Will you please go to my parents? And she's like, well, last time I went to your parents, your sisters kept basically treating me like I was a burden. So, I really don't want to go there. Yeah, And he... I mean, I get it, what she's saying. Like, if you don't perfectly get along with your in-laws, and, like, they're always snidely being like, oh, why are you still here, blah, blah, blah. Like, I would be fucking annoyed, too. And nothing's gotten super close to them. So she doesn't, I don't think she really thinks it can touch her. It's like, it's like the people in Alabama who stand on their front porches, like Taylor, um, when there's a tornado. Yep. Yep. My dad does it. Yep. He's like, oh, it's not gonna hit here. Yep. And I'm just like, what the fuck? Get in the fucking closet, you idiots! Sorry. Taylor told me, like, last time he was out that's, there watching it. That's always Taylor, though. I was like, yep. okay, mm-hmm. I, I'll watch it on TV later. I will be in a closet. Yep. That sounds or, about right. Yeah. Yep. Throw that mattress on top of me. Mm-hmm. And it's gonna go away. But, like, that's, like, literally, like, I don't think she thinks that it's actually gonna hit her. Yeah. Um, so she doesn't really think it's as dangerous as he does, um, but he ends up going to the front lines, and it's very sad, um, but it's like, I mean, yeah, it's frightening, and we do know that Dorsa has a doll, Mm -hmm. which I swear, the first couple times she said the name, I thought she said the name was Leukemia, (laughs) I think it's Kimia, 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 
I don't know. I feel like she says it so many times during yeah. the movie. She's like, Kimia! Or something yeah. like... <laughs> but it sounds like leukemia the first time she says it. And I was like, leukemia? That's so... I mean, I was like, maybe maybe it's just... Maybe it doesn't mean the same thing in Farsi. But I was like, that's a weird name for a doll. And it's like a little rag doll, too. Yeah, it's a little rag doll. Mm. Which, I don't know about you, but I really wanted a rag doll when I was a kid. They're like, really cute. My mom, I, um, Santa... Mm-hmm. Wink, wink, had given me all these, like, fancy, like, baby alive and things like that. But then I was like, I had a rag doll one year for Christmas, and I just got a rag doll. Yeah. Which I think is, might still be somewhere packed away. But, yeah, so she has Kimia, her doll, and it's very important to her. Yeah. Very important. They play tea party with Kimia, and the only real escape Shide has is her Jane Fonda workout tape. Yeah. Which I was like, this... And that VCR player, which is one of those, like, where it mounts from the top. Yep. And it comes up. Which also, I was getting some dog tooth vibes from this, like, setting. Because it's very, like, older technology, but not too old of technology. I was like, I'm feeling very dog toothy. Mm-hmm. Um, and also, this movie pretty much takes place in, like, one building. One yeah. apartment building. Um, and so she, she does her Jane Fonda workout tape. And, and she does it with the, bl- the, the like, uh, blinds closed. So yeah, because like, no you're her. not allowed to have a VCR, yeah. apparently. I don't know if it's not the VC. I think you're allowed to have a TV, but not yeah. a VCR. Because I'm sure the TV is regulated by the government. Yeah. But the VCR gives you freedom to watch whatever you want. That's true. Uh, and they only have, like, ten VHS tapes, which sounds really boring nowadays. That's true. Like, I mean, but we were kids when the VHS age. You only had what you had. You, <laughs> did you not have the entire Disney VHS tape collection? We just rent, went out rent them. You did yeah. rentals, too? Yeah. Yep. We had, we didn't, we didn't have all of them. We had a lot of them. So basically, uh, they, I think it's a really cute scene where she plays Tea Party. Yes. With Dorsa. And it was very, it was, I was like, I was like, see, she's a cool mom. Um, and they have a couple bomb scares and missile scares. And, um... There's finally one that actually hits their building. Oh, well, we, we forgot. So there's one where she meets a little boy that's... Yes, I'm sorry. No, you're First, first Dorsa meets a little boy. Yeah, so their neighbors take in a little boy. And so Dorsa, Dorsa starts waking up in the middle of the night. And this is where we kind of get the slow kind of... We're creeping into the horror yeah. element. So Dorsa starts waking up in the middle of the night. She's having night terrors. Mm-hmm. And uh, she tells her mom that this particular little boy, that's their neighbor's uh, nephew that just moved in... She's like, you know, he told me about the gins, and he gave me, uh, which is like, um, genies. Kind yeah, of like I did some research on gins. Gins actually predate Islam. Yeah. So it's like it's like a, a Middle Eastern kind of fairy tale kind of thing, kind of like like witches in Western culture. Yeah. Like it's just in society. Um, basically, like, they range from like demigods to evil vengeful spirits which in pop culture we've had them in true blood Mm -hmm. and which they were it was kind of like an evil ghostly spirit in true blood that was taking revenge on someone and then american gods somebody is a djinn one of the gods is a djinn and he's like more like a genie like he more grants people their wildest dreams than anything else yeah um which i think he also drives a taxi interestingly enough um (gasps) Oh, yeah. Okay, I remember him with his eyes season. burning. Yeah. Yeah, okay, yeah. He's pretty good. I actually really like that character. Yeah. Um, like the guy that becomes the djinn, I guess. Yeah. It's an intro. Anyways, American Gods is a good show. I haven't caught up on the newest seasons, but I watched yeah. the first season and the beginning of the second. It's really good. Um, what am I saying? So, like, or, like, they can be genies, too, but mostly it's not so much granting wishes. Yeah. It's more of spirits but they can be good or bad they are they have free will 
and they have like a society kind of like they were trying to explain it like kind of like fairies almost okay like we're like there's probably like a hierarchy structure okay in gin world so oh wow okay yeah so it's like i was like so knowing that brings a whole new context to the gin in this movie yeah because like i think if i hadn't researched that I'd have been like, oh, it's scary, 100%. But knowing that they can be good or bad makes the ending very different. Yeah. So, because at the, well, we'll get to the end. But yeah. It, it's a very interesting point at well, the Well, obviously, end. though, with this particular gin, this movie, there, it seems to be malicious. And the only reason I say that is because the little boy gives Dorsa a ball of cat hair to protect herself. From the gin. Which, I'm sorry, it was both the cutest and funniest thing I ever heard. Yeah. Because she's hair. like, he gave me a magic ball of cat hair. That's exactly how she says yeah. that. Yeah. I was like, alright! And Shaded actually, before the audience or Shaded knows what it is, she finds it tucked in Dorsa's bed. She just throws it away because she's like, what the hell? And she just throws it away because you think your child's just collecting yeah. your shit. Um, but she ends up, she gets a little upset finding out that this little boy is scaring her daughter. So she goes to her neighbor mm-hmm. and her neighbor's like, uh, you're, you're mistaken. He's mute. And she's like, no, he told my daughter. And she's like, no, he saw his parents died and he's been mute since then. And you're like, okay, so this is where it gets a little creepy. Yeah. Okay. Like, yeah. So we go on to the event you're talking about. Yeah. So yeah. then they have another air raid mm-hmm. and, um, they go to the basement and, um, one of the neighbors is calling for help who has an elderly father and she calls Shide doctor yeah. and she's like, please come help me. And they go to help him and a missile has actually gone through their roof. Yeah. Which is so scary. I was like, oh my God, that's fucking terrifying. And she tries to help the elderly man, but he does end up dying. And, um, it's, she feels very defeated because she's yeah. like, I wish if I had more training, I could have saved him. I'm not even a real doctor. She's just feeling very worthless. Yeah. And then to top it all off, you know, Doris is afraid of the gin, and eventually, like, Doris is like, I can't find my doll. Yeah. And she also gets a fever. She does. And she's like, are you okay? And she's like, and, you know, she went to part of medical school, so she's pretty good at, like, you know, taking care of her kid medically. So she's like, okay, well, let's have some rest. I'll let you watch whatever you want. Um, and because their windows got busted out, they have a glass, uh, replacer guy. Oh, I don't know. Glass service? Yeah. A window guy come in and replace the glass in their windows. And Dorsa talks about the VCR in front of him. And she's like, I told you don't because the government could take it away. Oh my gosh. And then eventually, like, also, so Dorsa's missing her doll. Mm -hmm. She promises to find it. I was like, never promise that, lady. You are, you are... Sucked in for life. You are doomed to not find that doll now. Yeah. Um. And then her Jane Fonda workout tape disappears. And then somebody says, like, oh, the gins. Oh, her neighbor comes to thank her mm-hmm. for helping her. Yeah. And and she's like, I'm going to move closer to the war zone. Yeah. Now that my dad's died. But because they like, want to go bury his body in the town he was oh, born. Oh, yes. Yeah. That's what it was. Um, but she was like, I swear my dad was scared to death. Like, yeah. basically. So, like, people are starting to believe in the gin. The other, the lady who took in the little boy, like, tells her, like, yeah, they're real. And if they have a part of your possessions, mm-hmm. then they'll, they'll never leave you alone. And so she's missing her tape. Doris is missing her doll. Now, she does eventually find her tape in the trash, and she thinks Doris has done it. And I like that there's not really, like, like maybe the gin's real, maybe it's not, because we know that Shide is under a lot of stress, and she sleepwalks when she's stressful. So she could have taken the doll and not realized it. Yeah. And we know that the little girl has a fever, 
and could be hallucinating and could have done something without realizing yeah. it. And at this point, Dorsa is literally talking to somebody, too. Yeah. Where she's, she's like... She's talking to a lady. She's like, oh, she's on top of the bookcase? Like, okay. And so then... And then Dorsa is also trying to get to the top floor of the building. Because she's convinced her doll is there. Yeah. And yes. then, and like, I may be jumping a few scenes here, but like one of the scariest scenes in the movie for me is that, so at this point, Shaded is like, uh, she's extremely overwhelmed um, obviously her husband's on the front line. She's taking care of her daughter who's unwell by herself. Her daughter's stressed out because once she's unwell, she has a fever too. Her favorite doll's missing. And as we know how children are, they, they can't soothe themselves if right. they're attached to something specific. My nephew had a blue blank- blankie that was like that. So she's not sleeping well. She has this PTSD. Um, and she's laying in bed and you literally just see like this fucking man like standing in the middle of the door. And when she moves up, she sees him, and he takes off. Mm-hmm. And she automatically takes off after him. Yeah. And then she comes back. Dorsa's like, really? Like, she's talking to somebody, and they're like, and she's like, who are you talking to? She's like, that lady. She's in the corner. And the camera goes to the corner, and there's nothing there. But it's absolutely, like, terrifying Yeah. how that scene is filmed. Yeah. So. Yeah. It's, uh, yeah, it's pretty terrifying. Yeah. Um. Yeah, so she basically, like... They keep hearing things, they keep seeing things, and then they have instance where she wakes up and she thinks somebody's in the bed with her, and and she also keeps getting these phantom calls from her husband calling her a whore and saying, you're useless, you're a terrible mother, and then she wakes up and realizes it's a dream. Yeah. It's not, it's like her subconscious of what she fears her husband thinks about her. Yeah. Which, I mean, he seems like a nice guy and that he would never say something like that, but, you know, we all have our own deep, awful thoughts. That terrible, intrusive thoughts that are not real and are not valid. Yeah. Um, but they do happen. So, basically, eventually she she does have a haunting issue happen. And she runs away, like we said. And they get her in trouble. And they're like, we're going to let you go with a warning. You could get caned for this. For not wearing a headscarf when you're running from danger with your little girl. Like, she's literally barefoot. And they're, like, so upset. Uh, and then, honestly, like, my... The, the scariest part was, like, I was like, oh, my God, a ghost! Because, like, she sees something through the peephole in the window. Oh, and it yeah. it scares you, and you're like, oh, what the fuck? So she opens the door, starts going up the stairs, and by this point, all the neighbors have left. Yeah. she They're the only people left in the house, in the apartment building. And she goes back, and, like, a ghost goes around, and it's this woman in, like... Like robes, and you can't. It's almost like a dementor because you can't see her face. Yeah, and it's like long robes. It's like a job, but like you don't really see. It's that's the chador. Yeah, yeah, and you just see like a black. It's like almost. They look like the Grim Reaper, but I like how they like put her in like like a patterned outfit. Yeah, so it like it adds some visual interest. Yeah, so it's not just like oh a dementor like oh creepy and gray robes. It's like a white with some like black and white pattern on it. I mean, it's it's a little the CGI isn't great. Yeah. But it's not bad. It's either. convincing. It's convincing. Yeah. You know, and they, they try to limit it. Um, I was very reminded of like his house too. Yeah. I guess maybe yeah. because it was very like there's like you know, like someone invading your home. Is it real? Is it not real? I got some his house vibes from this movie too. Um as well as a little bit of Handmaid's Tale with all the checkpoints and the moral police. Yeah. Um also her little girl starts fighting her. 
Like, at some point, because, like, they're both just, like, stressed out. And honestly, it reminded me of Gizmo trying to bite my hair, because he yeah. likes to chew on my hair. And I was just like, I don't know why you tiny being wants to fight me. I love you. Jeez Louise. Well, what it is at this point that, you know, it's like, because you find, they find Kimika in her drawer that's locked. Yeah. And yeah. it's like, did she tear the doll up while she was stressed? And so, Dorsa yeah. doesn't trust her mother at this point, either. Yes. And they don't trust each other. Because yeah. she found her Jane Fonda tape in the trash. Mm-hmm. So they're both like, are we hurting each other? What's going on? And and she finally starts saying, like, like I don't know what's real. I don't know if I did that. Maybe yeah. I did do it. I don't know. Um, and they have some really cool scary dream imagery of, like, Dorsa, like, being taken by the djinn. And, like, she's, like, in a white dress. And she's just staring up and, like, her mouth is open. Yeah, that's scary. Yeah, yeah. it was really scary. And then, like, you, they have another air raid, and finally the mom's like, okay, fine. We're going to go to the basement, we're going to wait this out, and then we're going to leave. Yeah. We're getting the fuck out of here. Like, come on. Um, come with me and grab your coat. She grabs her coat. Um, they start running down to the basement, and as she's they're running down, she hears, Mommy, help me. It sounds like Dorsa. And she's like, did you hear that? And she's like, what? And she's like, oh, my God. So she is like, oh, my God. It's the gin that I'm holding hands with. Yeah. And she kind of, like, tosses her away. Yeah, I know. And she was like, holy shit. Like, oh, shit. Yeah, and she runs like... upstairs, tries to get Dorsa, who's under the bed. And then it's actually a gin. Yeah, exactly. Yeah. And you should know, because you couldn't see her face, because you could only see her little hood of her jacket. And she kept putting her hands in, like, crying. Yeah. Like... And she's like, and she, so she, she's like, and it's it's got, like, kind of a funny, scary, like, just teeth and yeah. lips. Yeah. Like, trying to get her. Um, and then she runs downstairs and she's like, I'm so sorry, Dorsa. And Dorsa's like, what the fuck? I don't trust you, bitch. <laughs> yeah, she has the same, that's pretty much, yeah, like, yeah, the, the same energy. Yeah, same energy. Yeah. High key. Um, and she basically is just like, I know, I'm so sorry. I fucked up. I love you so much. Please come here. And then she tries to come meet her mother and the djinn comes and, like, overtakes them. And she has to, like, fight her way through these, like, this sea of fabric. To get to her daughter. And then her daughter ends up having to pull her up. Yeah. And so they kind of cool. have to save each other. And they have Kima, the doll. And they're walking. And she's like, okay. And they get into the car. She tries to open the damn gate. But the stupid Mr. Ibrahimi, who's the landlord, is has, like, locked it. And she can't get it open. So she's like, get in the front seat. Let's yeah. bust out of here. And she backs out of the door. Yeah. And, like, they get away. And then you see that they, the home was destroyed. Yeah. Like, they would have died. Like, their their ceiling collapsed, like, right after. Yeah. Due to the attack that was going on when they were escaping. So, it's like, is the djinn good or bad? Because maybe the djinn was just trying to get them out of the house. But then, also, we're stuck with the fact that they're like, if they have something in your, their possession, yes. and we do see Kimika's head. Kimika's like, head fell off. And then, also, her textbook with her mom's handwriting yeah. is so, there. But maybe it's a good djinn. I don't know. I don't trust I don't that. know. Well, well, <laughs> but, I mean, like, the fact that, like... They would have died if they had stayed in there. Yeah. Maybe it knew the only way to get them out was to scare them. Yeah, or maybe it was trying to Maybe it's her mom. That would be a nice spot. I don't know. I just feel like because we're under the shadow. Yeah, but maybe she knew that she had to scare it. I hope so. I would love to I mean, maybe not. I would love to think of it that way, but I just felt like it was so malicious because it was scaring them. It was scary, but maybe she knew her daughter was stubborn. Yeah. And the only way to get her out of the house was to scare the shit out of her. I like the idea of that. Yeah. I think, I mean, like, I didn't really get that until recently, which makes this movie so much more interesting. Yeah. The only thing is, is that I feel because of the neighbors and, the, like, the old man being scared to death and stuff, that's the kind of things that just Maybe makes me think. Maybe he was secretly a child molester. Oh, 
Now, I, now, I think that may be far-reaching. I'm, I know. Yeah, I'm joking. But, but, but I do, I, I can't help, I, I love the idea of what you're saying. I love that idea. But I just don't it's just think it's malicious. True. I just don't think. It's probably not true. I just think they were malicious. <laughs> so, but I mean, I, 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 what did you think overall of this movie, Katie? Uh, it's pretty okay. I wouldn't, it's definitely not like my favorite one. Okay, fair but enough. But it was cute. Um, I definitely think it was well acted. I didn't love that it was dubbed, but that's okay. Yes. Um, but I did like, I liked learning about this culture, like this time in culture. And I thought the mom was really good. I thought yeah. all the, all the characters, I think all the actors were really good. Yeah. Now, of course, whenever it's dubbed, we never quite know. But their facial, but like her, their facial expressions mm-hmm. were great. Yeah. So, but I'm always like, whenever there's a dubbed movie, and then you like meet somebody who actually speaks the language it was originally in, you're like, oh yeah, and they're like, that person sucks, and you're like, oh, so maybe it was the voice actor that was convincing, or like sometimes the voice actors just fucking suck. Yeah, that's true too. You no, know? um, but yeah, I, I, that was really the worst part, and I wish it had gotten a little more scary earlier on. It was a little bit of a slow burn. Um, but I think the ending mostly made up for it. Yeah. Because the ending was interesting. And I, I watched it twice. Oh, okay. So, because I didn't really, like, pick up on some of the stuff the first time because I wasn't paying a lot of attention to it. Yeah. So the second time I really paid attention and I was like, oh, there's some more stuff in here that I didn't realize. Like, the, maybe the gin's good. I don't know. I do like that idea. Yeah. It's probably not true. But yeah. I think it's an interesting I like point. it to think about it that way. That's yeah. interesting. I mean, we don't know. We don't. We haven't found any commentary really on this movie, so yeah. we don't really know absolutely. Because they didn't really ever like hurt anybody. They just scared them. Yeah. Except for maybe the old man. But yeah. it was that the same gin? Yeah. Maybe it was a different. Because gin. we do know there was a man and a woman gin. Yeah. From our understanding, maybe the woman gin was more. It's good. But at the same time, she's also trying to convince the that her mom didn't. Isn't love it kind of weird though that like her like she has to like. You know, dress oppressively to mm-hmm. escape to be a good mom. Yeah. I don't know. That's a questionable morality because she has to, like, go into the more... Like, she has to leave her home where she's safe, where she doesn't have to pretend. Yeah. That she's okay with wearing a hijab and not having a VHS tape. Yeah, but I think also stuff. it's, like, a, a matter of survival that people have yeah. to do a lot of things they didn't want to do. Yeah. To and survive. that's what you have to do as a parent. Yeah, too. exactly. So, I mean, I bet I think it's kind of sad. It's like, we would sad. love the Western, like... I'm throwing my hijab off and I'm going to liberate myself. That would be great. But I don't think that's realistic. No, not at so. all. But it, they do make it. Yeah. And it's a happy ending. Or if it's not happy, at least it's like... Hopeful. Hopeful. Absolutely. Yeah. It's kind of like Minari where it's like, we're not completely going to starve, but I don't know how long this is going to keep us going. Yeah. But, you know, it's at least hopeful. Exactly. And the grandma didn't totally fuck up. Exactly. God bless. Oh my god, I can't even talk about that. Oh, oh did we even mention the grandma from Minari one? And she she's is, the cutest lady she in the world. Is, and she's so good. She's, she's such so a good actress. Cute. Oh yeah. my god, I love her. I mean, she's been acting in South Korean films forever. Yeah. You know, but we just haven't been exposed to her as much. So as I went to look, I was like, I wonder if she's been in anything like I've seen, but I just didn't know it was her, but not yet, so I'll have to add some of her stuff. I thought she was fabulous. Um did you have a rating for this? I did. Um, I would have to say I bounced back and forth between the 7 and 8. I may go with oh. 7 uh, myself. I, so what I did like about it, I, I love movies that 
I feel like it was a movie, how do I describe it? So one, I thought the sound design was really awesome. Two, I thought the actress was really great. Three, I actually love things that unnerve me. Uh, four, the, it's a it's a great running time, 84 minutes. That's such, like, I, yeah. I love, don't get me wrong, some of the movies we've done that are like two and a half, three hours are phenomenal movies. But sometimes... Our, our, uh, the wailing. Yeah. Oh, my God. Yeah. So oh, sorry. The wailing, I still can't bring myself to watch a third time. No, I, I feel you. <laughs> I love it, though. It's, it's got really And I cool love moments. these movies. Yeah, exactly. But sometimes it's just really, really nice to be able to sit for something completely and not get distracted or feel like yeah. I have to go do something. Yeah. Um, the only thing is, is that I, I liked it. I just didn't feel like, I didn't feel like very compelled to just go and talk to the world about this yeah. movie. I, I guess you can say. Fine. I gave it a 6 out of 10. Oh. I didn't think it was bad. I just didn't like, I'm I wasn't like, like ooh, ooh it was amazing. I was just like, that's good. It was about as good as Run was. Okay, fair enough. Honestly, in my opinion. And, and see, Run I was feel, a little sillier, so I, I was a little more entertained by Run. I like Mayhem, but I felt like this was better than Mayhem, in my opinion. Mayhem was my Probably. Six, so. Probably. Yeah. I think Mayhem was more enjoyable, though. Mayhem was fun. Plus Stephen Young. We do love Stephen Young. I mean, we, I we can love the actor and not think the movie is sick. Oh, that's fine. <laughs> yeah. We all know Catwoman sucked, but Halle Berry is a pretty good actress. Yeah. But in some things. I would still recommend this movie, though, just because it's not a setting that we typically see. Yeah, and it's a, though, I do like that I learned more about a culture that, like, you know, we've been through a lot of things with Iraq, especially, in America. But do I really understand the culture? No. no. And, like, it's interesting, like, Traveling to a different country and getting a new perspective on culture and stuff. But yeah, I feel like I don't really know that much about Iranian culture. Yeah. And I I, I did go down a YouTube deep dive of like, what what was it like before the Cultural Revolution? What was it like after? And I really want to see Persepolis. Yeah. It has oh, been on my list good. for such a long time. But it looks really good. And yeah. I, I think it's about a little girl going yeah. through life it, during this cultural it revolution is, right yeah. afterwards. Becoming a woman. So growing into womanhood. But I think she's... is it, it, It's a true story, basically. Yeah. Mm-hmm. It's it was based like off the autobiographical. Yes. Right? So the, all the, the novel, uh, graphic novel is autobiographical. So. Which I think is pretty cool. So. Yeah. But I did like that aspect. Is like, And I, I like that they didn't really like sugarcoat things, but they also weren't like... like I don't know. It wasn't, like, obviously Shide is a person who's more westernized in what she would prefer, but, you know, it didn't really demonize everybody. Yeah. Like, it wasn't a black and white, like, like, I mean, Cause I, I love The Handmaid's Tale, but some of it's a little too, like, these people are totally evil and these people are totally good where there should be shades of gray. Yeah. And, like, Game of Thrones. Like, Game of Thrones. Yeah. Yes. But, like, I mean, there were some people, like, her poor husband, who, like, is a little sexist, but it's almost like he almost has to be, because, like, like he's not trying to be, but he, he asked her to stay home with the child. Yeah. You know, and now he kind of feels bad about it, but he's not, like, an asshole. No. You know, but we're all human, and we have no And also, weakness. we gotta think about those, that relationship between those characters. He, when he married her, he had to know she was strong-willed. So he had to know yeah. what he was getting himself into, at least a little yeah, bit. Yeah, exactly. Yeah. Some people just can't handle that. Yeah. No, but he can't. But, you know, I like that people, they don't, like, demonize the culture completely. They definitely do not sugarcoat it, though. Well, even, like, her neighbors and stuff that are probably a little bit more modest still like her. And they still, yeah. like, treat her with kindness. Not all the neighbors do, yeah. but a lot of them do. Like, she doesn't wear uh, her hijab when they go down for, like, the bomb scare. Yeah. And, like, somebody kind of, like, stares at her, but they're not, like, assholes. And she's like, I'm at home. 
Yeah. I don't fucking care. Like, I get that. I'm like, it's like when, like, you don't want to wear a bra when you're home alone and then somebody, like, surprises you and you're like, oh, God, I gotta go put that on now. Exactly. Great. Or, like, pants. Oh, I think it's a good movie, though. I I think it's it's on Netflix, so it's a short watch. It's an interesting watch. And I think it's good, but definitely not one of my favorites, but definitely good. Yeah, and I kind of also admit I will like things that, like, even when you pick things that I'm like, I don't really like it, but I'm glad I saw it. Yeah, no, I'm glad I saw it, because it's been something that I've heard about a lot. Climax. What? Climax <laughs> is amazing. <laughs> No one will ever convince me that Climax isn't a work of art. Climax is it's some kind of art. That's you know what sure. I found out, which I don't know why I didn't find this out until recently, but I was watching like a like someone talk, just do like a retrospective of mm-hmm. uh, Gaspar Noé's work. He purposely makes the first 30 minutes of his movies a certain frequency to give people headaches. Oh, interesting. And I was like, I did get a headache when I watched Climax the That's, first time. I think I did too. Yeah. yeah. He, it's to make you feel like nauseous. And like, it's one of those things, like it's kind of an <laughs> urban legend where like a high freak, a certain frequency will make people not feel good. Can you imagine though, like setting out and doing that to He's your audience? He's such an asshole. He but, is. but I mean like all of his movies, like it, it serves a purpose though, because yeah. then you kind of feel with the people in the movie. You're like, oh, this trip sucks. And then you're like, oh, I'm not even on acid. What the fuck's happening? Yeah. So, I mean, Gaspar Noé is a fucked up genius artist. Do you have a Grindhouse Girls rating for this movie? I do. It's kind of a silly one. Okay. Uh, rated M for Missiles, Mothers, and Monsters. Is that the same one you had? Rated M for Missiles and Mothers. Masson? No, Missiles, missiles and, and Mothers. mothers. Yeah. Ah! So I guess we're going with both of ours yeah. this week. Yeah. Yeah. Sorry, my handwriting is not very good, but that is in for missiles and mothers, so. Yay. We'll yeah. just add the monsters. Yeah, and the monsters. And monsters. Go. I mean, it's not really like a monster. Well, there was a, the teethy monster was there like, someone did a, I found some really cool fan art of that teethy monster. Okay, um, so I yeah. guess we better start uh, for next week. Next week. Okay, so next week. We wanted to do something by one of, I think, both of our favorite, one of our favorite directors, we, both of us. Yeah, we really, really like him. We really, really like him. Yeah. His name, you may not know him. He's only won an Academy Award for Best Director. Yeah, Best Picture. Best Picture. Yeah. For YIF fan fiction. Just kidding. Furry fan fiction. <laughs> I don't really understand it, the YIF versus furry, but please, I'm sure someone will explain it to me on the internet. Um, but, uh, it is Guillermo del Toro's movie that has just come back on Netflix, mm. which is one of my favorite movies, but it's one of his spookier movies, because Shape of Water really isn't spooky, it's much more sci-fi romance, um, but this one is Crimson Peak. Yeah. Starring Mio was a... Wazowski? Wazowski? Well, you know her. You know her. You love her. Alice in Wonderland? She was Alice in Alice in Wonderland. Mm-hmm. She's great in this movie. Um, it also has, um, oh, shit, Hot Boy. Oh, Loki. Not Loki. I thought he was Loki. He's no, Loki lo- in the Oh, he is Loki. Loki is in this movie. Yeah. I'm sorry. Tom yeah. Hiddleston is in this movie. <laughs> Jessica Chastain, I think, yes. is in this movie. She is. But who's Charlie Hunnam? Hunnam, yes. Sons of Anarchy? Yeah. Okay. Hot, hot Sons of Anarchy Boy is in this movie, too. Yeah. So I was like, hot. that's the Hot Boy I was talking about. Yeah. I think Tom Hiddleston is hot. I just find that uh, Charlie Hunnam... As um, anything is much hotter. I'm sorry. Fair enough. No. But I like I like a dude with a little more girth to him. Uh, I feel like I'd break Tom Hiddleston. Fair enough. Fair enough. He's a he's a, a spelt man, 
Which yeah. there ain't nothing wrong with that. I just, you know, I'm a I'm a curvy gal. <laughs> Um, and Doug Jones is in this movie. Doug Jones! Which, by the way, finally found Doug Jones's uh, Instagram account. It's lovely. Aww. And he does, like, flashback Fridays to all of the parts he's done. And, man, he has been, like, in every movie. Hocus Pocus. He's been, like, like anything with creature effects. I feel like Doug Jones has been hired. Also, the guy, Javier Botet, who was... In a movie we did, he's a Spanish actor, but he was a body, like a, he was, um, oh, he was in his house. Oh, he was in his As, house. He was one of the the body actors. Oh, he was in the end, he was the, yeah, like, he was the, the, the bad guy. Yeah. I was like, he was like a scary thing, but I couldn't remember which movie he yeah. was in. That was just water, it's fine. Um, but yeah, so, uh, so we're gonna be doing Crimson Peak. Yes. It is a like it's like a spooky haunted house movie yep. with a mystery. And it's very pretty. It's gorgeous. And they hand built all the sets. So while yep. you're watching all the beautiful sets, just remember it's a real set. It is. And yep. they really built it. And it's got beautiful cinematography. It's got a really atmospheric view. And it's not too slow moving. Yes. It's pretty I was entertained. I saw this in the theaters um, I did too. when it came out. Yeah. And I was entertained watching it in the theaters. I loved it. There's a part, there's a puppy. In it, and I almost, like, lost my brain when I thought something might happen to the puppy at one point. Yeah. Um, but me and my friend, I think my friend Elizabeth and I went and saw it, and she was, we were both off during a weekday, and so yeah. we were, like, the only people in the theater. Oh, and awesome. it was, like, the best experience, because we were just like, this is great! I yeah. love Guillermo del Toro! Um, but Guillermo del Toro is, honestly, one of my favorite directors. We all love The Shape of Water. Um, but he, horror is really the, where he started. Yeah. With Devil's Back. The Devil's Backbone, which and was on our Bravo Scariest Movie It moments. was. Yeah. I still have not been able to find that one to watch, mm-hmm. sadly. But he's done a lot of, like, and Pan's Labyrinth is pretty scary. Oh, yeah. That's actually what he's probably was put him on the map. Yeah, before, yeah. yeah, before, sh- like, Pan's Labyrinth and Shape of Water are definitely, like, more of his, um, like, bread and butter for what yeah. people know him as. But he has, like, an, a, a life-size Reagan from The Exorcist in his living room, as I saw in a house tour of his, like, he loves horror movies. So if yeah. he likes doing movies like Crimson Peak, Devil's Backbone, that's really what he wants to do. Yeah. So, and you'll notice, he does, like, produce a lot of really scary yeah, horror Yeah, The movies. Orphanage is one of my favorite movies. Yeah, yeah and, and The so Orphanage is phenomenally yeah, scary. spooky. Spooky. So, Crimson Peak, I think Crimson Peak's spooky. Yeah. It's, there's scary parts in it. Yeah, now. there's scary moments. I wouldn't, I would say the mystery is probably more the heart of yes. the film. Yeah. I was very shocked by where the movie takes a turn. Yeah. A couple turns. Yeah. <laughs> there's a couple turns in this movie where I was like, what the fuck? Yeah. Um, and it doesn't shy away from taboo topics. Yeah. Which I was like, interesting. Yeah. So, I've already started rewatching it once the day it came back on Netflix. <laughs> because it's that good. Um, so it's on Netflix in America. Um, it's called Crimson Peak. Yes. And it's, what, uh, 2015, Yeah, it's just a couple it's, years it's, old it's, now. It's not a young movie. I think yeah. I was maybe in college when it came out. No, maybe I think old, after college. Maybe, like, right after that. Yeah, right after. after. Yeah, I know me and Taylor are dating because we saw it together. Oh, okay. yeah. So, like, within seven, the last eight years, seven years yeah. or so, it, or seven or eight years, mm-hmm. yeah, it's been. So um, we'll um, watch Crimson Peak, and then we'll see you next time. It's a fun one. It's not fun. It's got it's it's got some humor in it, mm-hmm. and it's like a period piece. So it is beautiful costumes, yes. 
And, like, it's, I mean, the costumes are maybe one of my favorite parts of that. Yeah, I would absolutely agree. Absolutely. The main character's just, like, walking through this giant house. Like a doll. And these beautiful, like, just long flowing. It's just like her bathrobe is like a hand crocheted lacy thing. And you're just like, wow, this is super fancy. I like it. This looks great. Um, yeah. So Crimson Peak. I'm excited. And we we were going to do something a little longer. But yeah. we decided we're going to wait another week because. Brittany's a baby. She's tired. Brittany's tired. And Katie has a puppy. Who yeah. wants to pee everywhere. <laughs> so he's fine. Also, he decided that he really likes Brittany and decided to hump her arm for about 20 minutes. It's okay. Which is what he does. He's okay. he's getting neutered later this month if the vet's okay with it. So, yes. As long as the vet says it's cool. You know. Anyways, so uh, we'll see you then. Thank you guys for watching. Uh, make sure you take your vitamins. Yep. Wash your hands. Wear a mask. Get vaccinated. Yep. Drink your water. Yeah. Uh, just a reminder, take a take a hydration shot right now. Woo! Shot, 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 even if you're trying to fall asleep with our obnoxious voices. In yeah, your exactly. I mean, more power to you if you if you can listen to two very some, loud women talk. Some ASMR for you guys. Yeah. <laughs> Tappity tap tap. Oh, <laughs> the microphone's like, stop it. As I get stop more tired it. and the speech impediment starts to make me slur oh. a little bit. Like, <laughs> like a yeah. ASMR. Uh, hey, there's ASMR for everything. Yeah, that could be a niche that someone needs for you to, to go see. Right, three hundred and forty-three. Like, <laughs> you keep saying it over and over. <laughs> exactly. Do you like it when girls say their th is like f's? <laughs> I guarantee you that is something fetish. I there is somebody is fetishized by everything. It's a weird world we live. It's in. a weird, wonderful world we live in. Yes. So. Well, as always, guys, we are we are officially signing off as we get slap happy. Um, we look forward to seeing you at the same time, same spoopy channel. Stay spoopy, y'all. Stay spoopy, y'all. Bye. Bye. Good night. Good night. We're in the same room, so it's not as much of a goodbye. Bye. The Grindhouse Girls podcast is a production by Katie Dale and Brittany Ray and edited by Katie Dale. All music used is royalty-free and will be in our annotations. If you have any questions, comments, suggestions, please contact us at contact us at grindhousegirlspod.com or visit our website at grindhousegirlspod.com. Thanks for listening. We'll see you soon.